there's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no Uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. The booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every every adult to get a booster shot. It's uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, January 8th, 2021. Thank you for joining me today. And the snow is actually just letting up here and I can't wait to get back to the office. I Funny how you get used to certain locations and I love the original here, but it's just different and, and much more conducive to what I do in the office. But I have a a really important show for you today that I wasn't planning on doing. I wasn't going to be doing a show today. Got a lot of other great things out today. A a couple great articles from Robert Inlacast just went up. Really important stuff. Things that we have used to be focusing on quite frequently, such as that the U.S. government's been bombing in Iraq and Syria that no one seems to be talking about. You know, these small details of the world. Obviously, I'm being facetious, but there's some great stuff on the website that went out today. But one important thing caught my attention that is everywhere. Somebody's asking about Rockfin. It does look like it's running, but Rockfin, as any other website, has its own problems You know, here and there, as any website can. Looks like it's up and running. Everywhere else, Super U, Rockfin. But there's one thing that ultimately stood out to me today, and it's everywhere. Sky News seemingly cued in to 
this one specific conversation was all ready and queued up and had Sajid Javid. God, that name is hard for me to say. I don't know why he was ready to ask questions of these nurses and these doctors. And the questions are rather the, the, the answers to those questions that they gave. You probably already saw it. If you haven't, they would probably shock you if you were expecting the narrative. It absolutely in every possible way challenges everything he's saying. And even then he pushes back and it's like, well, well, you doctor who we're otherwise telling everybody else to listen to, uh, we should trust the experts. Wait, are you applying the vaccine makers? Yes, that's what he says, and we'll show it to you. But what's interesting to me is that it seems framed for some, it seems very coordinated. I don't know why, one, they would let that happen. An unexpected, you know, impromptu question of people that they don't know for sure are going to go along with what they say, with Sky News already chimed in, ready to go. And then why he would, if that was the case, answer the way he did or push back the way he did. Either way, it was instantly all over mainstream media. Sky News itself saying challenged against the mandate, going pushing back. So I do think it's an important thing to discuss. We will look at the clip. We will show it because it's important. If for no other reason than if it's showing you exactly what we have been saying the entire time. And this doctor is certain and he's right. He tells you everything we've been saying. It doesn't last more than two weeks, on and on and on and on. And I don't, I don't have a vaccine. I have antibodies. I don't need a vaccine. And it's, it's incredible. But I think it's interesting. Someone's saying it's on now, Rockfin, so they, they looks like they got it going. I think it's really interesting that they are either willing to let this happen in live, you know, to roll back the narrative, to let us kind of go, okay, they're done, which is not the point. They will never be done with this agenda. That's the main thing to take away from this today. That does not mean the agenda is over even if we won, or even if this is part of the plan, however you look at it. But we need to see that there's a coordinated effort to stop you from realizing that they were wrong to begin with, that you were right to begin with, and they need that to happen. Sort of like this whole Scott Adams meltdown on Twitter. He needs to have the reality be that you just got lucky, that he did everything right, and we just so happened to have the wrong answer, but we did it all right. That's not true. They wildly trusted. I mean, these are people that are convinced of their own superiority, their own intelligence. And I'm not just suggesting that they're not intelligent, but that they're people that chose to trust people who are experts because that's what they decided is the smartest thing to do, not because it's actually the smartest thing to do. See the difference? And that's a big problem today. So we're going to get into this right out of the gate, show you exactly what's going on here, let you watch it for yourself, and then give you some associated points after it. Now, this is everywhere. Like I said, you will find this everywhere. COVID-19. Sajid Javid directly challenged on mandatory coronavirus jabs, of course, by unvaccinated doctor. You know, they can't, this, the framing is always, it's, it's, of course, it matters more to them that he's unvaccinated. Not, not because he makes a valid argument. How about you put challenged on mandatory coronavirus jabs by doctor with natural immunity, right? Oh, that's, you can't do that, which is the point here. But as it says, Oh, actually, I forgot. I just want to read the title first. Let's actually watch the clip first. We'll watch watch that through, and then we'll read through some of the points on the article here itself. What do you think of the, the new rule to require vaccine? So here, just right before we start, and I want to give you a couple points. So this is staged. Like, there's a whole article, and you can there's multiple angles. I can see the image that I got from 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 my show today for the image for the video. You know, there's multiple cameras set up here. So this was they were ready. Okay, go. That's the first thing to recognize. 
This was not an impromptu, like, you know, this was set and go. And so that means these people were all all like, are we going to pretend that five nurses were ready and just kind of doing their thing around a computer? No, they were set there so they could get him in the frame. And then he asked the question. So why would you do that? Knowing they must know that they're going to say what they're going to say. I find it impossible to believe that they would be like, let's just randomly ask these people. Let's collect over, get them all ready. And then in that time, they don't go, what are you going to ask us? What's your question going to be? Or that he, I mean, you get my point. That's not how these things work. Not how government works, not how media works. So we asked them a question and they immediately push back right out of the gate. So I just need that to be said that this feels or 100% was staged, coordinated. Doesn't mean it's, they don't believe it or it's fake. It just means that it was set up this way. That's how media works. So my question is why? To what end? What do you, what do you think would be the new rule to require vaccination of all NHS staff? Look at their faces. None of them agree with that. I'm not happy about that. So <laughs> You're not happy about it, tell me. Yeah. So I've had COVID at some point. Yeah. Uh, I've got antibodies. Yeah. Um, I've been working on COVID ITU since the beginning. I have not had a vaccination. From the very beginning. These are one of these people that have been here from the beginning. Right. Their narrative. And I agree at the very least, he's somebody who's out there who, you know, whether it's doctor or whatever else, putting themselves in the harm's way to help people. And he's been doing that from the beginning. And they're the ones that they fired and, and attacked and disparaged because they wouldn't take the injection. The very people that they moments ago were screaming, we have to protect and clap outside for. But now only those ones, though, even though they were doing the same thing. And we told you all of them were people we should respect. Those ones who don't, don't agree with my the next stage, they're now bad people and they were never good. You shouldn't clap for them. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's so childish. I did not want to have a vaccination. Um, uh, since the beginning, I have not had a vaccination. I did not want to have a vaccination. Um, uh, the vaccine is reducing transmission only for about eight weeks for Delta. Only about eight weeks for Delta. And he said Delta. Make sure you, that this is destroying what they're saying. It's not, it's, it's not because it's new. Everything he says, you've heard on our show with everything to back it up, source material and so on. But what he's saying in his face shatters the narrative. You know it's eight weeks, right? <laughs> That's why three months is where they're trying to jam this in. On top of that, he's talking about Delta. So you can't, they can't keep pretending it's Omicron that changed the whole world. They know this stuff. And that's why they're now suddenly going, okay, you guys have lost it. Even the ones that were moments ago on their side. With Omicron, it's probably less. Uh, the vaccine is reducing transmission only for about eight weeks with Delta. With Omicron, it's probably less. Sorry, I don't keep stopping. And I know what he said reducing, not stopping, because it doesn't stop transmission. They've all admitted that now. And for that, I would be dismissed if I don't have a vaccine. It's not, the science isn't strong enough. Look at that. Point blank, right in his face. Look at this guy's face. Now, don't, this is just my subjective opinion, but Javid is uncomfortable. His hands are fidgety. His eyes look, this guy is on the spot all the time. And he, and he looks nervous all the time because he's lying. <laughs> I mean, and he's just telling you the science does not back that up. You want me to get an injection, even though I have verifiable antibodies, you know, natural immunity, which we all know is real, even though you guys are pretending it's not in this one weird time frame of history. They know this stuff. He looks him in the eyes and says, the science does not support that. This is, these are the people screaming to you, the science, trust the science, safe and effective. And we proved it all. And you're crazy. That's a doctor point blank telling him he's wrong. But now, of course, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't had a chance to follow up on this because this is as of like, t yes, it was yesterday. Help me out, guys. Find out who he is. How, find out what happened to him. 
Because I'm almost willing to bet, unless this is some massive shift, that he probably already lost his job or something happened to him because that wasn't allowed moments ago. It's not, the science isn't strong enough. That's your view. And, and, and your views? <laughs> I just had to. Did you hear what he said? I mean, come on, guys. This is bad. That's your view. What's your view? <laughs> that's, that's, that's your view? That's your response as the health minister when a doctor, an expert says that to you? Well, that's your view. Stupid. <laughs> I just can't even, I couldn't even contain myself. I was like, this is, I, I almost felt like this is a deep fake. Listen again. I mean, it's just crazy. He tries to correct it after a second because he realizes how curt this sounds. It's not, the science isn't strong enough. That's your view. And, and, and your views? <laughs> you have, uh, any view on that? that? I respect that, but there's, a, there's also a many... Uh, I, agree I respect the facts and data, but there's also politics involved. So just, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to just say you were dumb. I mean, how funny is that? That was really bad. And he knew it was bad. That's why he came back like, wait a minute, I can't just dismiss him. <laughs> He's <laughs> just... Guys, I just, I'm just at a loss these days for how crazy this has gotten. And there's another colleague yeah. who's, who's also in the same position. Yep, yeah. another doctor, the yeah. same way. No, I understand that. And obviously we had to weigh all that up for both health and social care. And there, there will always be a, a debate about it. But now, also take note of the funny part that he clearly thinks at the very least those nurses might back him up. It doesn't seem like they would. You know, at least from this video, you don't get a part where they actually get into it too much. But... The doctor who has, you know, arguably more education, more experience, more, you know, doctor versus nurse. I mean, that's a pretty common comparison. Nurses, in a lot of cases, want to be doctors, whatever. It doesn't always mean they're smarter and more intelligent, but in a common sense, how they would regard it, a doctor is more an expert. So when he asks the expert and he goes, no, nah, it's not there. He goes, yeah, it's your opinion. What do you guys think? Nurses who most likely will support me because we've been clapping for you all year. What do you think? <laughs> Let's pivot to you because you're going to be on my side. It's just funny. These are all my points, but I just I think it's very clear what's going on here. Who's, who's also in the same position? Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. And obviously, we had to weigh all that up for both health and social care. Health and, and social there will care. Be a, a debate about it, but it's my, a, yeah. and there will, I know I'm stopping it a lot, guys. But I just think it, it's. <laughs> I will okay. I'll, I'll I'll play it through all the way through because Orwell's asking me. I can't help myself. It's just for social care. Like, what are we talking about? So now you're weighing social care on whether or not it's safe to give people injections. What is it's outrageous on top of the fact that what, he, what is the last thing he said? And social care. And there, there will always be- oh, and there will always be a debate. Well, so doesn't that imply that you guys don't know for sure? And they, you know what I mean? Like, okay, for, for, for Orwell's sake, I will let it play all the way through. Be a, a debate about it, but it's maybe, a, maybe yeah. there's an opportunity to reconsider with Omicron and the changing picture, ah. or at least to nuance it and allow doctors who've had antibody exposure, who've got antibodies, yeah. who yep. haven't had the vaccination, to not have it because the protection I've got from transmission is probably equivalent to someone who's vaccinated. Ah, I can't not stop it right there. I'm sorry, I lied. I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm not, but. He's saying this, I think, because they're in the face of people around them that might push back. This is why people will argue like, well, you know, the vaccines reduced to some degree. I don't even know if I agree with that. And I'm willing to say that's what they're saying. Right. But I don't I don't think the data backs that up. So when he says that at least as good, he knows that natural immunity historically has always been better than vaccination. That's what vaccination is based on natural immunity to strive to be as good. So it's interesting to me that he would say that. But regardless, what he's saying is. What he's saying right there, even though I argue it's more that natural immunity is better, still challenges the narrative. Still. You're not supposed to be able to say that. And he's saying it point blank, like mine is at the very least as good as vaccination. They know all this stuff. 
And it's a, this is censor-worthy statements coming from a doctor in the hospital in the interview with the health minister of the UK. Can we, I just, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. There are now doctors who've had antibody exposure, who've got antibodies, yeah. who haven't had the vaccination mm. to not have it because the protection I've got from transmission is probably equivalent to someone who's vaccinated. Yeah, but at some point that will wane as well. But if you want to... So unknown, right? See what he's doing? I mean, that's so dishonest. So we know that this wanes after two weeks. Or excuse me, after eight, two months, I meant. I, I, did I say two weeks before? I meant two months. I think I said two months, and then I referenced the three-month booster. The point is that he knows that. We know that the data shows this. The scientific research from every angle shows you that now, and they're all admitting it, whether Omicron or whatever. Natural immunity. Same exact point in reverse. Literally everywhere you look. I mean, even Rand Paul just said this. Everywhere. Every single study, other than some weird fringe quick ones in Kentucky that the CDC jam out in the middle, every other one from the Lancet, from the WHO, from Science Mag, from Journal of Infection, from every single one of them, including the NIH, it says your natural immunity, regardless of severity, that was from, that was from nature, I believe, or no, that was the Lancet, regardless of severity, gives you robust, durable, lasting immunity, T-cell, memory B, all the way around, including in the face of Omicron, even if you got sick back in 2020. I've been showing you this from the very beginning. And yet all he can say is, well, that's going to wane too. Except that's not even true because what happens is, as the peer review data has shown from two different studies I've reviewed with you, that the antibodies wane because they always wane. In fact, but they, they, weigh, they wane much less than you see with the injection. But guess what also happens with the side of natural immunity? Your T cell goes up. That's why it continues. So regardless of what they want to point at, that thing wanes. But what does the study say? Yes, it says it wanes, but then it goes on to say that your natural immunity continues to be durable, lasting, and robust. He knows that. Or he never looked at it and doesn't care because it doesn't even matter. Either way, he's a liar. And he's manipulating you and hiding the reality in the face of a doctor telling him in real time. So that's out, out, just incredible. From transmission, it's probably equivalent to someone who's vaccinated. Yeah, but at some point that will wane as well. But if you want to... Yeah. provide protection with a booster yeah. you'd have to inject everybody every month listen to this if it's worn off by two months yeah if, it's yeah. War, if the protection's yeah. worn off a transmission after two months yeah then after a month you've still got a bit of protection yeah so if you want to maintain protection you're going to need to boost every all staff members month. every single month every single which you're month. not going to do Oh, oh, yeah, i disagree with that you see i think he is thinking from a rational standpoint they're not rational He's literally telling you based on the reality of the data, which he sees, I see, you know, we've discussed. The only way it would even make sense if they start digging into this is to actually give you a shot every month, every month. He's thinking that won't happen. Well, I don't know. Look how far it's gone right now. So just think about what these doctors and experts are telling you. Just take a quick dance back to the beginning of this whole thing where this was absolutely unheard of, where you were an absolute maniac if you thought any of this stuff. And here we are transmission side effects i mean any of it even a squeak was like ridiculous fake news nothing censored gone everywhere look at where we are right now can we not realize that th that this was the right opinion from the very beginning and this is not because omicron or even delta it's been this way from the get-go and we showed you this with data from their trials in the beginning but I guess, according to Scott Adams, I just fell backwards and tripped over the peer-reviewed science and was like, oops, there it is. <laughs> I guess I just got lucky. <laughs> no, we, well, we take advice on, on when, when, how much you may. Yeah, need but it's not going to achieve yeah. a practical benefit. Uh, yeah. 
Well, we take the very best advice that we can. Understand, but yeah. you're from, from the people that are vaccine experts. Ah, ah, exactly. And who are you? So who are the experts exactly? Right? Because we're not talking about the doc. He's talking to the doctor. He's talking about Pfizer. Right? Or even worse, in my opinion, the CDC. These are people that are literally profiting on the sale of vaccines, yet pretending to keep you safe and have been caught and called out by basically every agency everywhere. They've been called out by the HHS. They've been called out by the WHO. You guys are making pandemics of fear. We've shown you this a thousand times on this show. This is directly from the WHO calling them out back in the day saying you guys make pandemics of fear. But the problem is that nobody wants to discuss this stuff. Nobody wants to actually consider whether this has always been a problem. These people are being challenged in real time and all they're doing is pretending like, well, we, we trust the experts. You're talking to an expert, right? It's just amazing how it only means expert in their words only means expert as long as you say what you're supposed to say in that context. But that's not what an expert actually means. You know, an expert, just because you regurgitate what you're supposed to say, that's the opposite of an expert. Just quickly, I'll include this since I mentioned it. This is from 2011. Repeated pandemics and health scares. The culture of fear. Right, I've shown you guys this many times. This is this is actually on an archive because they deleted this. But it just simply tells you that disease experts wish to capture public attention and sway resource allocation decisions in favor of the disease of their interests. You're talking about people like Fauci and others. This is what they called them out for. The HHS did the same. Everybody was calling them out until suddenly it just kind of stopped. So going back to the article, why then is Sky News, why were they there and ready, queued up? Why is this even being allowed to be discussed? Isn't this challenging the narrative? Isn't this creating vaccine hesitancy? Yeah, and for and rightly so. But what's interesting is it's being allowed. So I, like I've said in an earlier tweet, right when I picked up on this, guys, this is either part of this or rolling back the narrative. And either way, I think we, you, are making a difference. But that in no way means, I mean, absolutely guarantee you that it does not mean that the agenda is over, that they have stopped, that we have stopped it from happening. That is still moving and will already be driven in from a different angle and is already planned in 13 different contingencies from a long time ago. That's my opinion anyway. So we need to be vigilant, guys, as always. Keep going. Don't relax because, oh, look, Trump was elected. We won. It's all over. No, that was one of those moments. We should have kept pushing right there. If we really believed in what the, what people thought Trump was going to give you, we should have pushed instead of going, well, he'll take care of it. Oh, I guess that thing looks really tyrannical, but we trust him, right? This happened to a lot of people. And it probably will happen again in a different way. So we need to be vigilant. Here's a couple of points on this. Health Secretary Sajid Javid has been directly challenged by an unvaccinated hospital consultant over the government's policy. Right. Somebody with natural immunity, which all of the peer-reviewed science says is better. But who cares about the facts, right? And Steve James, a consultant uh, anesthesiast. It's strange. I thought it was anesthesiologist, anesthesiast, who has been treating coronavirus patients since the start of the pandemic, told the health secretary about his displeasure. Right. He's been treating them from the very beginning. I find that to be very relevant because these people are either heroes or they're not. You don't get to decide halfway through that only some of them are because they don't do what we say. Right. You were yelling at all of us for discounting any of them in the beginning. I made this point a moment ago, but that's it. There's a there's an endless example of points like this throughout this whole thing where they just move the goalpost, change their position based on what is advantageous for them in the moment, even though it literally challenges what they were saying seconds ago. It's incredible. 
says the consultant suggested the health secretary could use the changing picture of the COVID pandemic during the Omicron wave to reconsider the rule. Right. But they don't want to go that way. They want to go the other way. They want to use the un the potential hypothetical unknowns to argue that it could be more dangerous. You see, when you want to reconsider the rule and pull away from it, that means people are going to go, oh, it's bad. It's going away. It's not dangerous. They they don't want that. They need you on the hook because they haven't gotten what they want. Alternatively, Mr. James, this is my opinion, suggested the government could, quote, nuance the rules to allow those who have antibodies but acquired from infection and not vaccination to be to not be required to have the jab. Now, here I'm so far going, yes, obviously. But how do you prove that? Aha. And here we have the problem. He told the health secretary that it didn't make sense to dismiss doctors who already had COVID antibodies, but who did not, but who did not want to be vaccinated. Quote, the protection that I've got from transmission is probably the equivalent to some who've gotten vaccinated. And I think that's the data. It's, it's obvious that's not true. I mean, it's just flagrantly clear that this is way better in full in natural immunity. And I mean, for crying out loud, two, two months and it's gone. And all these potential negative side effects and increased myocarditis. I mean, we'll get there in a minute. But it says, but Mr. Javid told him at some point that will wane as well. He added the government takes the very best advice from vaccine experts. Oh, see, I, I, I think I thought there is going to reiterate that point. Anyway, this was the point. This is a dangerous sidestep. Now, I just, I'm not suggesting that's what the doctor was going at or whatever else, but they will capitalize on this, even if it's not what they wanted, in my opinion, to, to transition to, okay, and I've been telling you this was coming. That's just my See, my guess, the way I see it happening, but I believe it's going to happen at least at some point where they're going to pivot into, okay, we do think natural immunity is there. Even it's, I mean, how stupid must we be to pretend that they just forgot natural immunity or somehow it just changed? They're not even trying to argue that it doesn't exist in a context of COVID. They're just acting like it's not there. It's, it's baffling to me, but they'll go, oh, okay. Now we have some kind of proof. This new study for, you know, one thing from CDC for two days long, except we have all these two year studies over here, but they'll point at it and they'll say, okay, it is real, but you have to prove it. You have to get your test and do that every two days or whatever it's going to be test. You know, the, there's just on a side no, side discussion, there's a huge booming industry around the testing. And there are risks that go along with that. The repeated use of these tests can have negative consequences on you. We've gone to different shows, but that is a clear step into the infrastructure for vaccine passports. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I'm not sick until proven healthy. That's the, all, that's the reality of our existence. They are trying to change that to where you have to constantly prove yourself to them, just like in every other way they're trying to drive at. So when you have to prove you have immunity to do anything, it's the same difference, guys. And I'm not, that is the sidestep that is coming, in my opinion. So let's be very careful that we don't jump on these kind of points. But we should be saying simply, I have a right to not be injected for a thousand different reasons. One of them being, I have natural immunity, or rather, I've simply recovered from the virus. So I don't have to prove anything to you. But vaccine experts, that's the point that really stands out to me. They are listening to the, the, the again, the disease experts who wish to capture public attention and sway resource allocation decisions in the favor of disease of their interests, right? Are we not supposed to look, don't challenge the WHO? In both pandemics of fear, the exaggerated claims of severe public health threat stemmed primarily from disease advocacy by influenza experts like people like Dr. Fauci and many others. Bill Gates would fill that role today, even though he's not a public health or a disease expert. I mean, it's just he's just jamming himself in there because he's part of this thing, clearly. But it's not just one person or the other. It's not just Bill Gates trying to depopulate the world. They want to make you reduce it down to something like that. Is there potentially parts in there? Yes. This is a larger picture. And what it shows you 
the end of the day is that they're still in control. The same people they were trying to warn you about. And now I've, I've noticed that people like these names here that we've researched in the past in different shows. You know, they're not there anymore. So what happened? Either way, Pfizer, people like that. That's who they're trusting instead of the doctors, instead of the people that do it every day. They're trusting people that have a profit motive because that's smart, right? We all know that's the way to do things, right? Well, oh, and that was another point. The What they say here. Oh, is there more down beneath it? Oh, there was. Okay, there's two more here. The NHS encourages people to still get vaccinated even if they have previously had COVID or tested positive for antibodies. Well, that's dangerous, and, and they, but here's how they lied to you. It says, there are no safety concerns, none, from vaccinating those who have previously had COVID with a past infection. And those with past infection can still carry and pass the virus to others. What does it say? Hold on. There are no safety concerns from vaccinating those who have previously had COVID and those with past infection can still carry and pass the virus to others. What? Anyway, that's the first part. But this doesn't that seem, are they really suggesting that people that are just sick for, forever can spread the virus? Guys, I mean, they're just like reinventing immunology. This is ridiculous. But the point I want to focus on is right here. Safety, no safety concerns. It's the same point they keep making with this document and plenty of others. It's all right in front of you. They're literally lying through their teeth and saying things that you can prove right now. This has been out since May 29th. Peer-reviewed science. And it's it says, previous COVID infection is associated with increased adverse events following the Pfizer injection. It's plain as day. And it's not the only one. So they're supposed to trust the science, right? Well, here they are telling you no safety concerns in that exact situation. Liars. Unbelievable. Now it's on the national pulse. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. People are talking about this. And I just think it's very telling. Now, regardless of whether it was staged, it shows you that the narrative has collapsing. And add that to the previous work we just did on the recent shows in regard to, uh, I forget which one it was. That was, oops, hit the wrong button. Right here. I want to grab that past link and then we'll jump into the Supreme Court discussion of the mandates. I have a couple of audio clips from the audio version of it because they're all in their Zoom calls from home. <clears throat> but we just did a great show. I mean, any one of these last four shows is going to be discussing this because it's been all on my mind lately. But the collapsing of the narrative has been very, very clear. Oh, here, which one was it? Right here. This is the one most most important in that discussion where I really go over some of these really flagrant step back, uh, sidesteps or you know, backpedaling is the way to call it. Around masks, we've all seen myocarditis is obvious, natural immunity. I mean, they're all kind of walking this back in a really strange way. It's changing, guys. We need to continue to capitalize on that. Do not lose control. Stay vigilant. Keep challenging what they're doing. You have not won, even if we've actually won this part. Like, it's, you know, the whole battle, not the war kind of thing, right? Now, here's the point. Here, even as Javid is telling you, or Savid is telling you, oh, you know, this is, uh, you know, that's your opinion. And here's what we're, you know, basically telling you that we're going to do this anyway, even as people, as he asks them in real time, tell him that it's not the right thing to do. Here's the Supreme Court pushing back on some of these points. And this is a really interesting kind of discussion. First, I wanted to play this one part in regard, and it's all kind of in regard to the vaccine and, and the illogical narrative that they're trying to spin in front of these people. Now, the way it's being framed, of course, in the media is, well, the conservatives of the court don't let, you know, don't this or don't that. Of course, that's always how this splits, where you got the minority of the, of the Democrat justices who feel one way and the Republican feel the other way because everything's divided down party lines in this broken world we live in. But that does not mean that just because they're on one side or the other that they're wrong or right. 
It's simply based on the facts. And that's where we are right now. And you can listen to them, and it's very, very logic. It's just logic. And you, the one of the main points is where the, he basically just asks, do these have risk? And this is the point that I keep discussing with the word dangerous, right? What does it mean? Able to cause harm. That's it, period. So if one person out of 300 million can have even harm, not death, but harm, that means they're able to cause harm, which means they're dangerous. And now we don't like to use it in that context, but that is correct. That's language. They don't like that though, right? They're trying to hide it behind their, their verbiage. And when he just simply asks a point blank question, is there risk? It's like, just, you'll, you'll hear it. And it's painful as they try to reel back and make, or try to tell, try to make with her, use her answer to frame how he's saying it. Even though he spends the beginning of his point to say, I'm not saying this. And then she circles back and accuses him of it anyway. It's bad. So let's start off with this one. Yes, Mr. Keller, uh, in light of all that's been said this morning so far about. Oh, and that's right. I wanted to show you this, I believe is, where was it? Right here. So this is mostly Justice Alito speaking with a couple, uh, a couple, I think in the clips we're listening to a couple points from, from Sonia. And this, you're listening to a representative of the Biden administration basically defending from the OSHA side of it and from just the general mandate side of it in regard to the government. Public health about the value of vaccine to vaccines to the general public, because I want to make sure I understand precisely what the question is before us. And what I took from Mr. Keller's answer, which seems to be right, is that the question So were you, was that, could you not hear it the entire time? I mean, I feel like, was there, was there audio playing for a second and then I muted my mic? Let me know guys. I, I don't want to start it over if you, if you heard some of it. <clears throat> I'm waiting for somebody to respond as the chat catches up. Well, the point is, as I, I might have to scroll back if you guys didn't hear it, is he's basically arguing that they're saying that this is. Okay, it looks like you didn't hear it. I'm just going to scroll back then and we'll do it again. I'm not sure what happened there. I think like got muted by accident. We have a risk we face at home, at work, and everywhere else. Justice Alito? I want to come back to the question I asked Mr. Keller. Uh, in light of all that's been said this morning so far about public health, about the value of vaccine to vaccines to the general public, because I want to make sure I understand precisely what the question is before us. And what I took from Mr. Keller's answer, 
which seems to be right, is that the question is whether there is a grave danger for unvaccinated workers, period. What the secretary said was, quote, employees who are unvaccinated are in grave danger from SARS, COVID uh, virus, but employees who are fully vaccinated are not. Which we know is not true. I mean, that's see, that's what's crazy is that's being admitted everywhere. And they just kind of lie and say, well, it's just they're getting it more, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, they're not risk symptoms or whatever, but that's the, that doesn't back it up. Not from Ontario, not from Scotland, not from the UK, not from any of these places. Ontario was the most obvious. More than 50% in the ICU are people that are fully injected. I mean, it's just, it's, I just, yesterday's show went over it entirely. So the, the, the perp, if, if this is to be sustained, it has to be on the ground that it presents a grave danger to unvaccinated workers who have chosen to be unvaccinated. That's my understanding of the issue, but maybe I haven't understood it correctly. Is right. That- so the point is they get their choosing, right? This is where we get into the idea of what judges in this position, justices are supposed to be doing, which is uphold the constitution. You have a constitutional right to make your own choices. You have bodily autonomy. There's bioethics from the UNESCO and from the United States, from the United Nations. All of it backs up your right that your body is more important than the collective of science and society. Every time we talk about this, this is international law, this is state law or uh, federal law. It's always been there. So that's what he's getting at, right? So basically, that's their choice. And see, the, what he's what he's kind of circling at, it makes it more clear in one of his next clips. They are unwilling to say, and this hurts their argument, that the vaccinated put unvaccinated at risk of catching it. Because they do in this context of their narrative, right? If they can still spread it, that means that an unvaccinated person can catch it from a vaccinated person. They're, they refuse to acknowledge that or even admit it. And obviously the data makes that clear. If they can still spread it, anybody can catch it. But this causes a problem for their narrative because they don't want to admit that. And this is how they're going to lose this case. Because what they're trying to sell it as is unvaccinated people putting other unvaccinated people at risk. That's it. And also vaccinated, but of course, only with just small symptoms and no problem though. So you kind of underline your, you undermine your argument there too. None of this is based in fact. That's your understanding. And I'll ask the Solicitor General the same question, or at least I hope she will address it. Uh, That is my understanding. I don't see how there could be another understanding because the emergency provision specifically says that such emergency standard, meaning the precise one they issue, must be necessary to protect employees from the danger at issue. So the broad societal effects are not not at issue. And that's the other part, too, that we're not discussing in in the OSHA context the risk of the of the world or the country specifically it's people in the business. And this gets into the interesting part about the OSHA discussion, and we'll play this clip in a second, in regard to the law itself and how this doesn't really apply in regard to something that you leave with, right? My brother's the one that actually brought this point to me, and it's interesting to think about. OSHA can argue, okay, we got to wear a hard hat, right? This is the argument they keep making. But you don't have to wear that hard hat every day for the rest of your life. This one, you do. And this, this hard hat comes with a lot of dangerous risks associated with it. None of the other things they make you do in work settings do, at least in the same context. And protection of vaccinated employees who may uh, face some danger uh, of contracting the virus was not the basis for this rule. Is that correct? I'm going to start the back a bit. Virus, but employee... An ever-present risk we face at home, at work, and everywhere else. 
Justice Alito? I want to come back to the question I asked Mr. Keller. Uh, in light of all that's been said this morning so far about public health, about unvaccinated workers, period, with the to unvaccinated workers who have chosen to be unvaccinated. That's my understanding. Was not the basis for this rule. Is that correct? Correct. And I would go further and say they cannot rely at all on the risk of vaccinated workers because they conclude, this is 61,419 of the Federal Register, that no one who's vaccinated is, is in grave danger. They see that's their problem. They're, uh, they're unwilling to even admit their own fault. So they're using their lie in this. And that undermines their entire argument, because obviously the vaccinated are the are the ones that they're trying to pretend are at risk. They're trying to pretend that the unvaccinated pose a risk to the vaccinated. That's the entire premise of the mainstream argument. Yet in this court of law, they're arguing the opposite because they can't put down on record that the vaccinated are protected because that also undermines their narrative. This is my point as in a most focused way that I keep telling you when they lie about everything. Eventually, they're going to get to a point where they can't step in any direction without challenging a previous lie. That's what's happening right in front of you. Thank you. Justice Sotomayor. Counsel, unvaccinated people you showed or you um, you pointed. I think I'm gonna, that's that's the first point. Let's jump over to the next one. And there's there's actually two points in this little stretch here. Justice Alito. Uh, On the issue of whether you're trying to squeeze an elephant into a mouse hole and the question of whether this is fundamentally different from anything that OSHA has ever done before, I want to see if it might be fundamentally different in at least two respects and get your answer to to the question. Most OSHA regulations, all of the ones with which I'm familiar, affect employees when they are on the job, but not when they are not on the job. And this affects employees all the time. If you're vaccinated while you're on the job, you're vaccinated when you're not on the job. Isn't this different from anything OSHA has done before in that respect? So two responses to that. First, of course, there's also a mask and test option here. So I think even on that analysis. Right now I'm talking just about the vaccines. Now, this is the the lady I'm discussing, and this is the representative of the administration trying to defend all this. And it's just bad the way it's so clear that she has talking point. They always do. That's not necessarily a sign of of dishonesty, but it's clear that she's trying to drive the using certain words. You, you know, instead of lasting or, you know, how long it works, she uses how long it protects you. Right. It's just, you know, things like that. But you get into the argument where she pushes back here. But the, even right there, the testing and mask, like the idea that, that it's acceptable as somebody who's not sick, that you have to test every other day and wear a mask everywhere to be able to exist in a world that they've created because of their injections is asinine. You're not sick. So what are we even talking about? On top of that, you might have natural immunity and they don't even care. So it's incredible that you're the one being penalized. You see what I mean? And this is the crux of the issue here. The reality is the Supreme Court is not here debating whether or not you should be your health. They're debating your freedoms, which is the point, your constitutional rights, which I can't even believe we're doing because it shouldn't be debatable. But the point is that that's what they're coming down to. So when you bring it to that issue where all we're really talking about is whether they have the right to do this, not whether it makes you healthy or whether it protects people. And they don't. 
I think that's blatantly obvious, but that's kind of what this is exposing. Focusing just on vaccination, I think that that's a way to describe it, that it also provides protection when you're not at work. But OSHA was directly targeting the, and, and trying to provide the protection at work. And I don't see that's my point, like pr- provide the protection while you're not. That's not what he said. Right. It's not we're not discussing. And, and anyway, that's, you get my point. And you see a lot of those little things throughout this process that she does. Okay, well, right now I'm talking just about the vaccines. So focusing just on vaccination, I think that that's a way to describe it, that it also provides protection when you're not at work. Didn't but say OSHA that. was directly targeting the, and, and trying to provide the protection at work. And I don't think there's any basis in the text of the statute to think that this kind of All right, suppose is off that, limits. I mean, suppose this is a little science fiction, but maybe it, it will illustrate a point. Suppose that this protection were provided not by the administration of a vaccine, but by waving a wand over employees when they arrive at work. And suppose that wand also had the capability of taking away this protection when the employee leaves work. Uh, would OSHA have the authority to tell employees, you must, we will, we are going to wave, you must have this wand waved over you when you arrive, but you can't have it taken off when you leave. No, I don't think that OSHA would have that authority. All right. So it's different in that respect. And exactly. here's another respect in which it may be different. That was a very good way, even though they're going to make it sound like that was ridiculous. He was a good analogy. And he made it very clear that they don't have the ability to give you something that you have to do outside of work. But that's essentially what's happening. Just because this is all they have in front of you, they claim, even though it's not true, they don't get they, that's, they don't get to change the reality. They're forcing something on you that happened that goes beyond work. It's like, it's exactly like he was saying, whether hard hat or anything else. If they told you you had to wear your work clothes for the rest of your life, would that make sense to you? It's the same argument, especially when you realize those work clothes might kill you. <laughs> That's is what we're talking about. Uh, and I don't want to be misunderstood in making this point because I'm not saying the vaccines are unsafe. Okay, this is a really important one. This is the breakdown of how the dialogue goes within a propagandized situation. He is very clear. He says it three, four times. I am not saying, and in fact, he goes out of his way. And this is kind of the point I was making earlier to argue that these are safe or that they work or they have an effect. Does he, does he believe that? I don't know. I don't agree with that. But I think even saying that is because he knows he has to preface that. Otherwise it won't get the traction on the point he wants to make. Anyway, either way, he's very clear. I am not saying this. I am not saying this. And then he makes a very clear point, asks a very clear question. And then she basically accuses him of saying what he just said he wasn't saying. I mean, this is just the breakdown of everything we are, and that's what the thing's driving at. The FDA has a, would have that authority. All right, so it's different in that respect. And here's another respect in which it may be different. Uh, and I don't want to be misunderstood in making this point because I'm not saying the vaccines are unsafe. I am. The FDA has approved them. It's found that they're safe. It's said that the, the benefits greatly outweigh the risks. It I'm sure not said. Contesting that in any way. I, I am. Don't want to be misunderstood. I'm sure I will be misunderstood. I just want to emphasize I'm not making that point. But is it not the case that this, these vaccines and every other vaccine of which I'm aware and many other medications had benefits and they also have risks and that some people who are vaccinated and some people who take medication that is highly beneficial will suffer adverse consequences. Is that not true of these vaccines? Okay, very point for, I mean, that is the easiest question in history. Now, whether she's already kind of to deuce in her mind, like, what's he doing? Is he trying to trick me? Is he going to get me to say, you know, whatever they're doing in their mind? Obviously, the answer is yes. And he knows that. It's very clear. Is there risk, which means just possible anything, 1%, 0.01%? The answer is yes. But that's she. she's incapable of saying that. Listen to her answer. 
And if that is, is that true? That can be true, but of course there is far, far greater risk from being but there are, there is, uh, um, there by are, orders of magnitude. Right, it's, there is some risk. Do you dispute that? There can be a, a very minimal risk with respect to some individuals. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, I would emphasize that I think that there would be no basis to think that these FDA-approved and authorized vaccines are not safe and effective. They no, are I'm not making effective. that point. I tried to make it as clear <laughs> as I could. I'm not making that point. Good I'm not God. making that point. I'm not making that point. There is a risk, right? Has any other, has OSHA ever How imposed bad? any other safety regulation that uh, imposes some extra risk, some different risk on the employee. So that if you have to wear a hard hat on the job, wearing a hard hat has some adverse health consequences. Can you think, now, oh, here. think of anything else that's like this? I, I can, actually. And that's what's interesting to me. There's, I could, and I think this is an important point that goes deeper into the reality or the, the illusion that is our regulatory process. How about chemicals in the gloves that people wear. I'm just thinking specifically from restaurants I've worked at that very, very clearly have long-term problems. Like the, I know people that have rashes have never gone away or, or things that like the, the, like the quat sanitizer we, that people use in restaurants to clean with that very clearly have problematic things that happen that you use every day for six, five days a week for 10 years that you can get cancers, all sorts of different things, or just, just take a look at the, uh, uh, I'm blanking. It's been so long. MSDS, I believe, the material data safety sheets, and basically the breakdown of the chemicals that you use. Most of those chemicals have problematic things if you use them regularly, and you do. My point is that there's a lot of examples of things that are allowed because of politics, because of business and corporate and you know profit that are allowed. At the same point, but what's interesting to me is that it's a valid point nonetheless. That you're that this should be discussed in every one of those contexts. How can we make them do this if there is risk? Hopefully this begins to open this conversation wide and we realize that we have been put in a position of absolute constant danger and risk by our government over the last 20 years and further because of the absolute lack of concern for your safety. Whether it's the spraying in the sky, the the garbage food they give you, the things they don't allow you or whatever else you want to talk about. This is one small slice, a very important slice of something that's been happening for a long time. I can't think of anything else that's precisely like this, but I think that to suggest that OSHA is precluded from using the most common, routine, safe, effective, proven strategy to fight an infectious disease at work uh, would be a departure from how this statute should be understood. Can I just say, uh, uh, General, that um, uh, regulators think of risk-risk trade-offs constantly when they make regulations that there are constant situations in which there are risk-risk trade-offs, risks on both sides, but one risk vastly outweighs another risk, and that that comes up throughout regulatory space. That's absolutely... Oh, great. So no no, no, no uh, qualifying information around that? Just, you're wrong, and it's more, and we know. Go ahead. <laughs> That's great. That was really solid. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we hear, forceful statements of, of non-fact, like from Biden, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated... Yo, you won't go to the hospital. All that's wrong. I mean, it's very clear. We'll get into it next about these people, specifically, uh, forget her name now, Sonia, the, the one of them. I mean, they they said at least two or three things that were catastrophically verifiably wrong. That may actually that speak pretty clearly to maybe their lack of intelligence or their cognitive decline. 
you can decide for yourself, but just recognize that it's frustrating that we have people with clear politics that drive their choices when all they should be doing is upholding the Constitution. Absolutely true. And one of the risks that OSHA was guarding against here was the, the risk that unvaccinated workers pose to other workers because they are so much more likely to transmit to this other, disease what to type them. of workers to other vac to vaccinated. Now, let's be clear. If all we're talking about is transmission and not risk, even though I have I, let's say not overcomplicated, Ryan, if all we're talking about is transmission and not risk. All of the data, including what they're showing you, shows that the vaccinated are spreading this exponentially more in every possible way than the unvaccinated. Right? I mean, that's undeniable. I mean, they're all so what they're trying to argue right now. Let me just bring this up since we're pointing this to it real policy. quick. Oops. Yeah. Oh, my thing's hitting the button. There we go. So all of the data including right up until the most recent report, which we just showed you, is, and this is what I, what a lot of people are pointing at, which I do think is really important, but my point is it goes much larger than just the cases. The hospitalizations and deaths of the report from, from the UK are very clear, mostly on the side of the fully injected. But here's the cases. It's, I mean, it's the vast majority are on the side of the fully vaccinated, but here's the main point. Even the thing they don't want, they want to keep arguing for everywhere else, the per 100,000. The, look at the categories between 30 to 60, or just specifically, I guess, 30 to, oh, wait, did this? That's interesting. No, it didn't change. I, I, I thought maybe it changed. But regardless, right here for the most part, you have a huge bulk of the categories in there that have more, almost three times in some cases, the per 100,000. Now, yes, you have different ones down here that might be different. Specifically, the most at risk is still higher on the side of the vaccinated. Same with the 70 to, 70 to 79. More. You have more per 100,000 and more cases in general. See? Look at the numbers. I mean, you have more cases on the, there's the un, un, uh, not vaccinated compared with the fully. Look at that. 393,000 compared with 75,000. Regardless, it shows you that most of these cases, both the per 100,000 and just in general, are on the side of the fully vaccinated, which by default means they're spreading it more and catching it more. That's a, that's a no-brainer. So when they sit here and argue that they exponentially spread, transmit more, that's a blatant lie, especially since the CDC's own data shows you that four of the five highest transmitting states in the United States are some of the highest vaccinated places in the country. So none of this is even remotely based in reality, but they'll sure say it, though. Workers. Yes, the great danger finding is based the on disclaimed that. Opposed to other workers. Back just a second more. Dang it. On the employee. So that if you have to wear a hard hat on the job. Opposed to other workers because they are so much more likely to transmit to this deadly other, disease. What to type them. of workers? To other vac to vaccinated workers? Yes, the great danger finding is based on unvaccinated that. Yeah, the great danger finding is limited to unvaccinated workers right, who are so far more likely to be infected from us. their co-workers that's as well. That's not a concern for us, is it? We can't sustain this on that ground, that this is helpful to the vaccinated workers because the unvaccinated workers present a risk to them. Oh, to be clear, uh, they present a risk to other unvaccinated workers who all are, might be have, older, who might have of, other comorbidities. have balanced the risks differently, exactly. maybe very foolishly, but they want to balance the risks presented to their health in a different way. Yep. And OSHA says, no, you can't do that. And that applies when you're on the job and also 
when you're not on the job and for the rest of your life because you have to take these vaccines, unless the testing option is valuable. Well, one small factual correction, if I could, and then a broader legal point. I think it's wrong to say that everyone who's unvaccinated is just assuming the risk. Some people can't get vaccinations for medical reasons. Uh, Some people have deeply held religious beliefs and are entitled to religious exemptions. And OSHA is entitled to try to protect those unvaccinated workers, no matter the reason they're unvaccinated. Oh, my God. (laughs) I, I mean, I hope you caught the I hope you just realized how crazy that was. She is literally pointing to what we were saying before. We're going, well, they have a right to religious exemptions or or whatever else. And then they, so she's pointing at that as the justification for why there's a situation where some of those unvaccinated might not want to be in that position. Yet we point at people like Melanie, who we had on the show, who tries to have a religious exemption and they deny it. And we look at the reality that across the country, most of these places are arbitrarily denying religious exemptions without any due diligence. Think about how crazy that is. And this is what it looks like to they, they nothing is sacred to these people. They're using what we were saying moments ago and they were laughing at to argue what they're trying to sell today. That's how it looks when you're a liar. I mean, that's just crazy. And I think they are I think they would in their minds pretend that most people wouldn't see this stuff or even want to see it. I just think that's absolutely crazy. Just on the broader legal point, the idea that uh, OSHA is powerless to act to protect workers if they simply want to assume the risk is inconsistent with how the OSHA Act has been understood throughout its history. OSHA frequently requires employers to require that the employees use protective gear or take precautions. It's not the case that most of the time uh, there's this strong reason for saying that uh, it isn't a defense to an OSHA Act charge that the employers assumed the risk voluntarily that under most circumstances employers uh have an incentive uh to avoid compliance with to avoid the costs and inconvenience of a regulation and so we don't want to have the put the employees under pressure overt or implied to uh to waive the protection of a, a, a regulation, a protective regulation, but there's no such incentive here, right? They're free. The vaccines are free. And to the extent they keep workers healthy and on the job, it's in the interest of the employers to have them vaccinated. So basically in every way they've made this advantageous to the business, which is not how that's supposed to work, right? So all this did was create a situation where it benefits them to force this on you, not for your safety. Understand that this is what he's saying. Well, certainly the the fact that workers in the past have not wanted to use certain protections has not provided a defense to regulations that have been issued under the OSH Act. Counsel, if I might just go back to Justice Alito's question, there's no vaccine mandate here, correct? That's correct. And that's what I started with, that, of course, any employer can opt for the mask and test option instead. Which is not. So really, the question is between uh masking and testing and or vaccine, but no employer is being put at risk greater than they choose to undertake themselves, correct? Yes, the the employers have the choice to adopt either of those policies, and OSHA estimated that 40% of employers would adopt the mask and test policy. Think about what she just said right there, 40%. How much? I bet you it's way more than that. She's telling you right there that half the country is going to just, is not going to go along with what they're telling you you have to do. So they're, so in the context of what they're, they're, you know, they're telling you the vaccine is the only thing that's going to keep you safe. That's it. 
then going, oh, but we're going to, but half the people we're forcing it on are going to choose not to do it. And I'm not saying that they should, none of this is acceptable, forcing any of this, mass testing, any of it, but they're arguing they should. And yet then when it comes to the point of when they do it, they let half the people not do it. You see what I mean? Like, how does that even make sense within their argument? If that's the only thing that keeps them safe, why would you even let there be a re- an S situation? Because the PCR test, we all know, is rife with false positives. The cycle threshold is manipulatable. But And then they're the ones admitting that the masks don't work right now, even though we've always been telling you that. But yet still, that's an option. Use the thing we right now admit doesn't actually stop the transmission. This is so illogical, it makes my teeth hurt. I can't get past this. They must know they're lying or they're very, very, very stupid people. It can't only be two choices, but I just I just don't see how that can be any other way. But it's it's happening in real time. Number two, with respect to um, uh, the issue of whether uh, a person has chosen to run the risk by being unvaccinated, you point out that which is called freedom, right? Personal self-responsibility, which is supposed to be the foundation of our country. Some people can't for a variety of different reasons. But the risk here is not just to the person, it's to everybody else they put at risk, correct? That's correct. The grave danger finding was premised on unvaccinated individuals, but OSHA emphasized that uh, ensuring that unvaccinated individuals are not spreading the virus. See, this isn't crazy to me. Do you realize how this just became unvaccinated is sick? That's not that that's the most dishonest stance of all of this. You're not just default sick because you're unvaccinated. They're literally saying in the front of the Supreme Court that the unvaccinated are the ones spreading or the unvaccinated are putting you at risk. That's not true. At the very least, it's a it's you're you're claiming that the unvaccinated could become somebody who could put you at risk. They're blatantly lying. But that's no different than every other part of this. But just realize how dishonest that is. That's the whole premise of sick until proven healthy. And then once you get the injection, even then when you become sick, you're still okay. Yeah, that all makes sense. In the workplace will protect everyone they come into contact with. So they may not be a grave danger. Or no, though, not at all, because you're still spreading it and people are still going to the hospital. In fact, 50% in Ontario and the majority in the UK and Scotland. But yeah, just keep telling your lies. Don't let the facts get in the way of your story. There are other other people, but I don't see why OSHA has to close its eyes to the fact that they place grave risk to unvaccinated and substantial risk to other people, correct? That's right. And OSHA- wait, 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 wait. What, okay, wait. She just said risk to the unvaccinated and substantial risk to other people. Okay. So unvaccinated are people. So what did you mean right there? They pose a risk to the unvaccinated, right? And then other people. So what are those other people? Ah, you mean the vaccinated that you just don't want to say because you have a clear political narrative that you're trying to avoid? Yeah, exactly. The point is, the vaccinated are, are not protected. They know that. This is a way to get everybody on the same page so they can, you know, see what I mean? Like it just, there's a mental gymnastics happening in front of us that, that a child could see. Which has specifically emphasized that vaccinated individuals may still be at significant risk. Uh, it wasn't ruling out that possibility. It's great danger finding was focused on all of the ways that, that being unvaccinated contributes to the spread of this disease. Thank you, Councilor. Individuals may still be at significant risk people, but I don't see why OSHA has to close its eyes to the fact that they place grave risk to unvaccinated and substantial risk to other people, correct? That's right. And OSHA specifically emphasized that vaccinated individuals may still be at significant risk. Uh, it wasn't ruling out that possibility. It's grave danger finding was focused on all of the ways that, that being unvaccinated contributes to the spread of this disease. Okay. Make sure you heard what she just said. 
Okay, so they're spending this entire time bending over backwards to not, and in fact, arguing against the reality that the vaccinated are at risk from the, un, like the, va- even, this is what's so crazy to me. You know that the entire premise is that the vaccinated are at risk because the unvaccinated are present. That's the entire driving force behind what they're doing. Yet they can't make that argument because it makes that it makes the case that they aren't being protected. They can't make it in real time in front of people live. But that's what they're basically arguing on the news and everywhere else. Do you realize how broken this is? And what then and then what she says after trying to avoid that the whole time is that the that OSHA has made clear that we can't uh, we can't rule out that the vaccinated are at risk. But they spent their entire research on the unvaccinated and whether they're at risk. That's literally what she said. So we know that there's the possibility. We just didn't look into it. Sure sounds like the vaccine trials, doesn't it? Thank you, Counselor. Uh, is the testing alternative viable at the present time in light of the stories that we see about the long lines that are required to be tested? Great question right? Let's see who cares about thinking ahead. Let's just jam in what we want people to do and then realize they can't all do it because we just simply don't have the infrastructure. Oh, when did we say we needed more testing and PPE? Oh, that's right back in event 201 before this all started. And what did we do? None of that. <laughs> Cause that's what we always do. We run these exercises that say we need certain things and then we don't do those things. And then we use those excuses to justify restrictions of your rights. It's, it's simple. It's all a little program. I mean, it's just, it's just I'm kind of being facetious, but I'm not really. I mean, it's very frustrating. Present time. And- oh, that's right. So the point is the testing is clearly not up to, to what it would need to be to be able to facilitate an entire country that opts out, half the country that opts for daily testing or weekly testing or anything like that. So why do it then if we don't have the ability to? Because it doesn't all they're trying to they, they know it will drive you to get the injection. You need that test to go to work and you can't get a test for three weeks. Well, what are you gonna do? They know this stuff, guys. This is coordinated. In light of the stories that That's my opinion. We see about the long lines that are required to be tested. The agency gave sustained attention to testing capacity in the preamble to the rule. It looked at existing testing capacity and projected out of what additional capacity. That means guessing. Would be necessary for employers that choose to adopt the mask and test policy and concluded that there would be ample testing in order to to comply with the rule. I'm obviously familiar with the the news stories that you're referencing, and I think that the agency could adjust if that proves to be a problem. But with respect to reviewing this rule, there was certainly a substantial basis for the secretary to conclude that this was a viable option. Justice Kagan? Okay, so here that's the end of the clips. Now, here's an interesting thing that just came to my mind. This is actually really important. I should actually circle back to this and, and make a point about this in, in future shows, but it's getting out of focus. What was, remember the main point of why the whole getting into OSHA and HIPAA and all this different stuff, the, one of the main arguments they make is that you cannot create an undue burden to the employer. This is, this is the way they give them the option to say, well, you can't, you being potentially sick, even though they're arguing by, you are just sick by default because you're unvaccinated, which is not true. And it's, it's dishonest, but they're saying, well, you could, you're going to put an, a, a burden on us. So you have to get vaccinated to deal with all that. And that's their rationale. But let's take a step into where we are now from when that first started. What exactly is creating an undue a burden on these companies? Is it the need to get everyone vaccinated? No. The testing process, the dealing with the passports, the new infrastructure, having scans and yeah, that's an undue influence. You're, you're actually creating things that are going to cost them money and pretend like you're covering it all. And I can promise you that's not going to happen. 
I mean, let's reflect on that. Like I need to, I need to make a point of that to go back on because it's obvious that the undue burden on businesses are coming from the infrastructure they're jamming in, not just the one shot that, or excuse me, three, four, five, six shots that people need to be able to go to work. It's the managing of that process indefinitely. Any business owner is going to tell you that that's obviously the more burden than just the hypothetical. That's an, I'm telling you, that's an important point right there. That needs to be discussed. Getting back to this. It's obvious, guys, this is a lie that's undefined at the very least and that they're driving this in. And yet well, here's what we're going to see is, of course, the framing of conservative pushing back, conservative pushing back, conservative. It's all it's a two-party paradigm. They're desperate to make you think that it's divided on party lines. It's not. It could not. That's the most obvious part of this illusion. Now, here's the Republican conservative side of it saying Supreme Court liberal justice, the same thing from the other side. It's just frustrating. Slammed over vax mandate statements. Now, the reason I looked at this one is because they're the only one making the obvious point that these people said a lot of incorrect things. And it's not from a partisan standpoint. These are things that you can look up for yourself. In fact, some really ridiculous ones that you should know without looking up. But all the other ones did was make subjective arguments about how politics are playing a role in their decisions. Gee, you don't say. <laughs> so is it for everybody else too, but you only want to point out one side of the parties, which makes you far more dishonest, at least in this one moment. But as it says, slammed over Vax mandate statements. Here's the main one of the main ladies that was going back and forth, her name is Soto Mayor or Sonia. <clears throat> at one point, the Bronx-born jurist claimed that implementing the requirement for businesses was necessary because, her quote, Omicron is as deadly as Delta. She says, quote, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with severe ill on ventilators. Ah, maybe she was tuning into 2020 news. <laughs> she's, she's wrong, by the way, and everybody knows that. But this is a Supreme Court justice cre- literally about to decide whether you're in. I mean, this is crazy. And she, that is that is how wrong she is. Gee, I feel better. These people are these people do not have all the information in front of them. Goes on to say, we have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before in serious condition on ventilators. Fake news. That is so flagrantly not true. It, 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 this is the whole point. This is this. She's simply reporting as fact or stating as fact on the record in the Supreme Court hearing what the mainstream media is bl- just saying without backing up. That's the problem with this country. They have been convinced, people have been, in some cases, people have been convinced that listening to the media, listening to the CDC, listening to the government is being intelligent. That's crazy. It's the exact opposite. And now, the point is, that's not true. And you should all know that by now. The child aspect is not true. On top of that, Omicron is 70% less likely to need hospital care for everybody, according to BBC. And it's actually more than that. This is from December 23rd. In South Africa, it's over 80% reduced. In every category, it is reduced other than specifically the vaccinated. It's very, and of course, they're arguing it's it's less than any other situation before it for everybody, including the vaccinated, but who is clogging up the hospitals? Who is in the death statistics? Who are the vast majority of the cases? Again, that is the fully vaccinated. Pretty clear. Goes on to say, not only did... Sonia's statement contradict experts who say Omicron is less severe than Delta, and that's just not what experts say. That's what the see. This is my right here is the problem. Why are you using the statements of experts instead of saying not only did that statement contradict the peer-reviewed science of multiple studies? That would be the right way to say that. Because remember, expert opinion is the lowest level of evidence, right next to observational studies, lowest. And that's not my opinion. That's a breakdown of the level, of the, the level of the the. Quality level of evidence. The top is random controlled trials. That's the gold standard. 
So again, making my point, even from the side of them arguing, they're saying, well, statements from these other experts. Well, that's, that's the same problem. But anyway, it is less than Delta. All of this is less than the flu, but it defined data from the Department of Health and Human Services showing that 3,342, as they claim, confirmed pediatric hospitalizations across uh, in, in the U.S. as of Friday, making the justice math off by a factor of 30. So not only is their false number, which is false, unbelievably less than what she just stated, 100,000 children, because probably watched some news argument, some news propaganda segment that lied and said that. But even the 3,342 is not true. We've reported this, uh, I mean, there's been studies on it. That even Newsweek came out with an article in the beginning of the year that said almost 50% of the hospitalizations are not true. But don't forget that as this is being brought to a head, as every other part of the narrative falls apart, that that's also what's happening. Right now, they're coming out with the whole part of this that is people who died with versus people who died of. We're seeing it everywhere. 40% of the New York's COVID hospitals patients admitted for other reasons, right? They're getting tested with a broken leg or whatever else and being told they have COVID, never presenting symptoms, leaving after the broken leg is fixed. And they go down as a COVID hospitalization. That's for kids and everybody else. That's not my opinion. That's what even the mainstream is saying right now. And that is why she is still stuck in the narrative from before. Yet as a justice in control of what happens here, that should scare you. Perhaps more disturbingly, she said at another point in the argument that, quote, I'm not sure I understand the distinction why the states would have the power. But the federal government wouldn't. That is actually what a Supreme Court judge said, apparently un uh, unaware of the Constitution and states' rights. As one, uh, the Commerce Clause and the Tenth Amendment states, power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This is a, I mean, that breaks my heart. I have to be honest. That I mean, she doesn't even seem to be aware. She, I, I, she says, quote, I'm not sure I understand the distinction why the states would have the power, but the federal government wouldn't. Man. Finally, when Brenner waded into the fray, another one of the justices, he suggested that oh, the OSHA rule was needed because, quote, hospitals are full almost to the point of maximum. And that, this is his direct quote, 750 million new cases have been reported in the U.S. yesterday. That's despite the fact that the population of the United States is 330 million. But, you know, we'll let him slide on more than doubling the population of the country in the argument of new cases. These people are actually deciding your future. Think about that. In addition, information from the HHS shows that nearly 21% of inpatient beds and more than 18% of ICU beds nationwide were unoccupied as of Friday. So both of the things he said were flagrantly wrong. Why? Because they're listening to the mainstream media and they don't know what they're talking about, yet they're in control. That's just absolutely staggering to me. Let me see if I can get this to pop up. If it comes up first, let's see. Yep, look at that. Just, I mentioned it, so I'll include it. This is from back from uh, May. Same point, though. It's never. This, this is back in May. We, were, we told the story then. And only right now are they going, gee, suddenly this looks different, right? Because now we're allowed to talk about it. Now we're allowed to let it slowly pull back. And they'll never really get to the point that we've known this from the beginning, that we lied to you since the beginning. As even Newsweek points out, studies suggest that child hospitalization numbers from COVID are inflated. And says right here, at least by 40%. Same point. Because they're going in with something else, being told they're sick and they're not, and they're leaving without being sick. It goes down as a case. How about they get tested while they're there? They're told they're sick, but they're not. 
or at least they don't appear to be sick. Then they go out and die in a car crash. That goes down as a COVID death. None of them deny that. That's the problem with where we are right now in general. But I, won't have to, I don't even need to play this. You guys know the reality. This is Polinsky literally saying what we're talking about. Yeah, I might as well. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. This um, means not only right. illness. Right. So the point here, guys, is this is the thing from the beginning. This is when we found out that 96% of what we heard, and this is the beginning, I think, of 2021 or the end of 2020. 90% were people with at least 2.6 or was 3.6 comorbidities that is an illusion period that is an illusion and now they're finally saying this even though we were telling you then and being censored for it how do you not see that if you're along with this narrative that they that everybody you were dismissing on the thousand different points were telling you the truth and they're now admitting it this is a way you lie this is the way you get sick people to look like they're part of something they weren't. Or this is how you put do not resuscitate orders on people that aren't really sick and have mental disorders or how you put people in rooms and jam them in old nursing homes. And, I mean, we saw this with remdesivir and midazolam. It's obvious there's more going on here. The other one, now all of a sudden they want to start differentiating between hospitalized with and verse at, with COVID and because of COVID. Obviously. Because they were waiting to do it for some reason, or maybe they're just losing control of the narrative. But it shows you that everything they're screaming in this case right now and or in, in front of in the Supreme Court, they're tapping into a narrative from a year ago. Now, on top of that, the testing regime that they're dramming down your throat, and I think that's going to be the point. They say, well, just go get tested instead. Well, here's one of the reasons why that's a crazy thing that you shouldn't do. And this is the Victorian Department of Health, but it's pretty similar no matter where you go. It says, have you tested positive on a rapid antigen test? Well, guess what, guys? You are now required by law to report your positive result to the Department of Health. Right. So when they jam you into that, well, I don't want the vaccine. Okay, we'll get tested every other day. Well, guess what? Now you're required and tapped in every time you do it to the Department of Health, monitoring your health. It's the same difference, guys. This is part of the problem. And just to make this exponentially clear, we already showed you this the day this came out, but I'm glad to see Steve Kurtz reporting this. I think this was today. The best case scenario, 100% vaccinated, 100% remote and quarantined. You already saw this. The Antarctic station, the research station, right? 100% of the people at this station were vaccinated, injected. They, they, they multiple tested, multiple, they were all multiple test, multiply tested or had multiple tests. They all quarantined before going, then went. They were there completely remote, no one else around. Triple vaccinated, all of them, quarantined before they went, all being, and two-thirds of them got sick. We already told you this. All members must be vaccinated, tested before they went, two-thirds got infected. But don't worry, it isn't serious. Because you already knew that, though, because this isn't serious. But as he points out facetiously, it's a perfect example of how well vaccines work. But they, they're going to, there's nobody even tried to explain this. It's pretty crazy. But there's a lot of examples like this. Like you have these little islands out there that have the worst situation, but they're all highly vaccinated. It's obvious that this doesn't make sense. And this is just one of the reports, again, that I want to reiterate. And this was, this was what I was showing you. I didn't plan to bring it up right there, actually. That's why I had it right here. And I, Ivor Cummings, again, doing an outstanding job on this. I actually just played a little clip that he shared in, from Klaus Schwab on Super U today. Make sure you, I'm still, they always unfollow me for everybody. 
but he points out what we were just showing you. And actually points to this sub stack from somebody else, but you know, it's showing you this reality that it's more even the per 100,000, but he's just talking about cases. And I think they've already jumped over that, right? This is important to reach some people, but most of them have already decided for themselves that the cases are explainable. That's what I said. Everyone's focusing on the cases here, which is important, but in some, the same report, almost 80% of the hospitalization and deaths are in the fully vaccinated injected. <laughs> Dang it. And in Scotland, per 100,000 is the same. That, that, so it's not just, we're talking about hospitalizations and deaths. In the Scotland data, which are, here's the link to yesterday's show, you can look at it for yourself. In, in multiple weeks, the per 100,000 for hospitalizations and deaths is the same, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Again, nobody wants to talk about that because there's no explanation for it other than to realize that they're not as protected as they pretend that they are. In the link here, I go over it uh, one hour and two minutes. You, you can look at it right there. Now, the Dutch government is withholding their excess mortality data. Interesting. So we have the UK Health Security Agency just randomly deciding not to display the last week of the year. Then you also weirdly timed have the Public Health of Scotland choosing to pretend to put out a new report, but only releasing the data from the week before. Uh, that was all in the show from yesterday. Please watch it. They, they're lying to you. They released a new report and said, oh, the new report information. But in the report, they showed the same data from the week before. Why are they hiding that last week? Because it shows you something important. And then we have the Dutch government withholding excess mortality data. And we have Pfizer withholding the safety data. until right, you, you, you get beginning to see the, the recurring theme here. Scientists are now criticizing the government's continued failure to release the data for an independent investigation. Dutch parliament unanimously called for an independent investigation to examine abnormalities and excess mortality. Right. I mean, guys, the entire Dutch parliament has ruled they have to do, and they're pushing back. As I said, this is what it looks like to trust the science, government style. I mean, really ask yourself, guys, is this what a government with the truth on their side would do? Same thing Pfizer is doing too, right? They're going to pretend that it's the right thing to do to not show you this until a decade or a century from now. This is what liars do. They're desperate to not let you see the full picture because then you would realize they're liars. You all know that. Dutch government, this is from the report from Dutch media, withholds data on excess mortality. Now here is one of the reasons, not, not of course, the bigger reason being from everything we've already talked about up until this point, but here's a, a small point within that that somebody recently shared with me. Comernity, which is, you know, that supposedly approved, which they, they did approve, but they never released drug. I say supposedly because it's not actually out anywhere, and they only claim they approved it so they could force the emergency authorized product on you, even though in their own documentation, they say legally distinct, and in some cases say different. I mean, they literally call it a different product. They just claim that th there are differences. Codon optimization, tromethamine, these things have been added and changed. Just because you don't want to pretend that's happening doesn't mean it's not real. And their own documentation shows it. I've done entire shows on it. But community, or let's just say Pfizer, interactions. Guess what? There's a total of 272 drugs on the market that interact in a negative way with community. 271 moderate, one minor. So most of them are pre are potentially concerning. Take a look at these drugs. Oh, look at that. Acetaminophen. Totally abnormal, right? So go home. You take the injection. And you go home and take Tylenol. And you could potentially have a moderate reaction. That's what this says. Clozonopam, 
just to point out the ones that seem very promethazine, promethazine, tremadol. I mean, these are widely used. Look at that hydroxychloroquine. How interesting is that? Well, that's funny. Either way, guys, my point in showing you this yet again, and they're, they're show, by the way, there's a lot more than just what they're showing right there. These are There's 272 different drugs that they know have negative interactions. And guess what they, guess what they don't show you that, or don't show that on their information about what, what is safe and what's not. Oh, I did this yesterday. Shoot, what page was that? There it is. Nice. Found it. Okay. The main one being right here, interactions with other vaccines, just vaccines specifically. And they tell you that they do not know. Studies to determine if co-administration of these injections may affect safety or efficacy have not been performed. You all have seen this because we keep showing you. But think about that. If something as basic as Tylenol can have a moderate, moderate problem, right? Make sure we can see that the only, or I guess, I guess technically it's an unknown, which means it could be even worse. But the reality being, there's a lot of stuff out there that could have negative reactions. They're not telling you any of that. None of it. And yet they will tell you that they don't even know if it's even safe alongside, let's say the flu injection, even though they're aggressively marketing it next to that in the same visit. And since we have it open, the long-term safety data is unknown, which people pretend isn't true, on and on and on. Use in patients with autoimmune disorders, they don't know if it's safe. Information in frail people with comorbidities, otherwise known as elderly people, there's limited information on the safety, but let's give it to all them first. Immunocompromised patients, the safety of the profile of the vaccine is not known in immunocompromised individuals, but let's make sure they get it first. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, the safety profile of the vaccine is not known, but let's force it on them. That this it just it never ends. I mean, this it's so frustrating. This is so obvious. And as always, this is from the end of November this year. The EU's data on Pfizer. Maybe that's why they're hiding the mortality data. Maybe that's why they're trying to hide the information because we're coming to a head with the either the failure or I guess I guess failure either way. Failure of the way they were thought this would go in the agenda and or the failure of the way they're using this and what it's actually doing. But it's also probably because there's a lot of other reasons that this is obvious. And the last thing they can do right now, because I think there's actually criminal accountability coming if this gets too obvious, is let us take full control of that narrative. This is yet another footballer who collapsed. This was this this report is as of day. I think this happened yesterday. Had to be revived on the playing field. Now, you'll note in here, of course, as always, these things are completely benign of any details around why or how or what. But as we know, most all of these people have, are, are forced to take these injections to be able to continue to play. And we now, either way, the simple point is to, is to show you that this is way, 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 way beyond what we've ever seen happen before. Now, that doesn't mean that some of these might not just be random occurrences that are happening within this thing. But there is something happening. Everybody can see that that's being honest with themselves because it's way past what we would expect. You can't keep claiming that there's a metric that's acceptable, right? This is what you would normally see in a, in a one-year period. And then when it goes past that period, past that number, then just dismiss it as fake news or you're lying or conspiracy theorist or you're missing. You can't make that argument. And then once we prove you're wrong, just shift to another argument. That's what they always do. The NIH study, 20-year study, shows you that this is way more than what they expected to see in a year. And I've done this more times than I can count. Here's the actual clip. It's pretty heartbreaking to see how obvious this is, guys, because this is bad. This is 
obviously somebody having a seizure on the field. I'll just play it here. And it's, it's just hard to watch. I think it just it just kind of finishes out where he gets. But just look at that. I mean, it's obvious he's having. It's the same thing you see with every one of the ones we've talked about: twitching on the ground, seizing a wildly healthy, highly fit professional athlete in probably the and probably the sport that requires the most highly fit people having some kind of weird collapse in the middle of a game. There's nothing that makes sense with this unless I mean, one person you could maybe, like, maybe they just randomly forgot to drink water. Maybe they did this. Maybe they did that. Maybe they have a heart problem they never knew about. Those are possible. I've never argued otherwise. But once we're past what they might expect, can we not ask whether there's something happening? Apparently not in COVID clown world. It's just sad. It's very sad. I wanted to give a, a shout out to Jay Deer, which is this is the, the channel that I saw it from. So I appreciate that. Now this is everywhere. Oh, actually, you know what? I forgot to grab. Just since it's just, just I mean, I wasn't going to dig into it again, but let's see if I have it still set up somewhere else. It was just that same report that I think is doing a great job. There it is. Keeping up on this. I haven't refreshed this since the last time we looked at it. There's a lot of groups doing this, but this one seems to be really on on the point of keeping this going, you know, the accurate follow-up and proving whether or not they had it. And if they don't know they had the shot, they put it on a different section. And it's very well done. So let's see what it is. Last time we looked at it, I think it was the end of December. Ooh, my God. Look at that. That went up from 395 to 423. Verifiable athletes. 423 verifiable athletes. That had cardiac arrests after having the injection, not proving that it was caused by it, but simply pointing out that that many people since the beginning of the year have had cardiac arrests, most of them live on the field after having the injection. 253 have died. Guys, it's just, it's so sad. This is, we are, I mean, as I said in that tweet, talk, I mean, I almost can't believe people pretending this is not happening while you're watching this happen to this guy. Talk about mass psychosis. I mean, gosh, it, it makes me sick. But as I said, look into this for yourself. Oh, look, they changed the, the top here. I, I, I'll, I'll read it more later and circle back. So you guys like that statement. But, you know, you can look at it for yourself. Repeat this after reading, reading each line. The COVID vaccine is normal. Vulnerable vaccine. The COVID vaccine is safe. These injuries and deaths are normal. And I just want to show you, because I made the point, that if you go, you go down, he, there's a whole section down here. After December... And let's see, and then this is obviously going into December 2022, right here, the beginning. But it goes down here and no documentation found, right? Nobody else is doing that. They're making a point to say, here are some more on top of that number that we can't verify whether they had the injection or so on. May or may not have been vaxxed, right? That's crazy. And we're still showing you this astronomical number. And it, it's just so sad. These people need you to speak up for them. Now, here's a great report from uh, Vinay Prasad. UK now reports that myocarditis stratified by age and sex after vaccine or SARS-CoV-2. Now, here's the study itself. Myocard- risk of myocarditis, pericarditis, and cardiac arrhythmias associated with COVID-19 after infection. We actually already talked about this, but I want to, and this is a different site, but I wanted to just make this very clear because he makes it, he breaks it down very in, in a clear way and the graphs make it obvious. This was a key figure in the nature medicine paper, nature, one of the highly, most highly regarded publications in scientific pub, uh, studies. On December 14th, they published this 2021. It was, cl- it showed clearly that myocarditis after vaccination 
in this case, Moderna dose two, was higher than myocarditis after SARS-CoV-2 infection for people over uh, uh, under 40. Now, it's amazing that we can't, and this, we made this argument from before, but this is not just about, and this, the point is these are two different conversations as always. The risk is immediate after the injection, immediate. You get injected with that, immediate increased risk of myocarditis. On the other side, you have to catch it first. And then even if you believe them, there'd be an increased risk. There'd be more than that, but you have to catch it first. So that means they have to go through a very, very, very slim chance of possibly getting this and then, which they definitely won't die from, and then get that risk. You see, there's a big difference there. Then you add this to the equation and realize, well, wait a minute, that what their argument is, is not even true. In many cases, there is a higher risk of myocarditis versus injection versus uh, natural infection. So it's just amazing how this is falling apart in front of our eyes. Now, he says the story doesn't end there. There are a few remaining issues. While the denominator for vaccines is known with precision, the true number of infections is unknown. Many people don't seek testing or medical care, and especially when you realize that it's, some, in many cases, basically a cold, and that's before Omicron. Remember, from the very beginning, guys, most people were at less risk than the flu. That's not the case if it's not something that's generally mild, and we knew all this. Their own research shows you this. They just hyped up the fear for so long. The point is, so the red bar above will be shorter if you used a seroprevalence, aka the correct denominator. The authors needed to fix this. These are the ways they lie with statistics. The other problem is that this analysis lumps together men and women, while men have the greater risk. While the authors are back with a new preprint to fix this point, and here's what they find. Look at that. For those of the podcast, it's exponentially higher for specifically the second shot and males less under 40. Now it says, it is now clear for men under 40, dose two and dose three of Pfizer have more, more myocarditis risk than SARS-CoV-2 infection. Meaning the injection has a higher risk of myocarditis than that, than just having the infection. And this is true for dose one and dose two of Moderna. And then dose two and three of Pfizer. Bo- boosters, interesting why maybe they want you to switch up, right? Boosters, Pfizer boosters specifically, dose three specifically, have more myocarditis for men under 40 than getting the infection. This challenges their entire premise. Myocarditis post-infection is more common if you get older, right? And that's just, that does not make sense. You get older, you have possibly more heart problems in contrast with myocarditis post-vaccination, which is more common as you get younger. It's an interesting switch right there. But it says, if the authors fix the denominator for viral infection, it would look even worse. If they separate men from women, it would look even worse. But regardless, these findings already clearly dispel the true misinformation online. He says, yes, sorry to break it to you. The vaccines can have risks of myocarditis exceeding risks of myocarditis from infection. Please stop saying otherwise. And then you take into consideration my point, and it's obvious what is more risky. It says there is marketed uncertainty as to whether the dose dose threes actually lower is marketed uncertain there is marked uncertainty as to whether dose threes actually that's weird actually lowers severe outcomes and hospitalization in young men i that this is what i keep telling you guys that's not i don't see any evidence of that the fda is making a huge regulatory gamble with boosters and they are cheered on by many who are not adept at data analysis that in otherwise other way to say that is politics perhaps that's why marianne gruber phil kraus Deputy Director and Deputy Director of Vaccine Products at FDA had resigned. Maybe they wanted no part of this. Remember we talked about this, Krauss and Gruber with Cash and Fitz. The idea is that these people left. They resigned in the middle of this. 
clearly they saw it. Now, in the same vein of discussion, there's somebody I wanted to point out. Novak Djokovic, athlete, rebel, hero. This is written by Jordan Satchdell on Brownstone Institute. He says, I wanted to take a moment to recognize Djokovic, 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 and his his heroic defiance of the COVID regime, leading his erroneous, lending his erroneous platform and, and excuse me, I don't know why I'm struggling with this paragraph, lending his enormous platform and status to the millions of people around the world who have been denied their unalienable rights in the name of a virus, or what they say is anyway. What separates it, uh, Dejovic, God, that's driving me crazy. Dejovic, Dejokovic, Dejokovic. <laughs> I gotta say it, otherwise I lose it. What separates Dejokovic from other pro athletes on the COVID mania issue is both his status as the world's greatest, and that's important. Apparently he he's won like seven times. Like and and right now that's what the point will go to next is that right now that's about to happen again and there and there's issues happening. And his consistency in 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 speaking out against COVID and with the regime since day one this man has been fighting the good fight and the news hasn't reached the uh, international attention until recently. Now he's remained defiant in his public opposition to government to government force in the form of draconian COVID restrictions and injection mandates. He's done so in the face of incredible scrutiny on all levels. As early as April 2020, in fact, he's he stood up and challenged this, speaking out against the future prospect of the mandates. He said, "I am no expert, but I do want to have an option to choose what's best for my body. I'm keeping an open mind, and I'll continue to research on this topic because it is important and it will affect all of us." It's funny how that's framed as crazy, isn't it? The most rational thing you could possibly say. You're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> it shows you how much they've lost the plot. But it says now, with the Australian Open just days away, has he has turned up the heat. On Tuesday, the most Australian Open champ ever has made it a point to show that he wasn't going to bow to the regime, which discriminates against the unvaccinated in creating a two-tiered safety society. Here he's telling you that he's, he's basically... Now, one of the points I want to touch on here in a second is the ex, ex, uh, exception, uh, exception permission. That they gave him, gave him an exception, an exemption, both. <laughs> now it says that he's facing ridicule from the media, from powerful governments, even from his own ath- pro-athlete c- uh, colleagues, just for taking a stance that he believes in, even though he's the best. It's pretty crazy. But here's where we're at now. Well, oh, this is actually pretty funny. Just as crazy as 2021. Stephen Nolan, a BBC radio presenter, the guy on the left, for those on the podcast, a grossly obese man, who's eating in that picture on the left calls one of the greatest tennis players of all time on the right, a very healthy, strong, fit person, a threat to health services. Let that sink in the absurdity of that sort of how these health ministers around the world in many cases are grossly obese people that aren't actually healthy at all, but they're telling you how to be healthy. Does that make sense? Because it's not really about health. Is it? It's about control, but that's what we're seeing here. He's a threat to health services. Well, this guy is not at all because he does what he's told. Well, first of all, recognize this article we're going to discuss since the time we started today and, to, and now suddenly disappeared. Isn't that interesting? Could be just a random mistake. Let's refresh because sometimes they show back up. Like that one in the past, I think the Jerusalem Post article that one day, it looks like they just their whole website was down. So who knows what can happen, but interesting, isn't it? Very contentious topic. Well, here's what it says. Thank God for the archive. Tennis star, Djokovic, yeah, <laughs> had COVID infection last month. Very interesting as they get into natural immunity. I think that's maybe why they, here's why I think this was pulled. 
the first state, the first article. It's real short, actually. It says Serbian tennis player Djokovic had a vaccine exemption to enter Australia due to a positive COVID test. Look at that. Citing court documents filed by his lawyers. Now, who actually gave it to them? Djokovic has been held by authorities. He's held in a, in a quarantine right now, even though he's got natural immunity. He's been held all the way since January 5th when he landed in Melbourne, where he's seeking a record 21st, excuse me, geez, 20, 21st Grand Slam victory. 21st. This guy's won 20 different Grand Slam victories in the Australian Open. Oh, wait, no, did I miss? That's weird. I got, oh, his nine. So what is the 21st record? 21st Grand Slam victory. By adding to his nine Australian Open single titles, I'm not a I'm not a tennis buff, so maybe I'm misunderstanding that. In any case, the guy's clearly won a lot of Australian Opens. It says nine right there. I'm not sure about the twenty first. Oh, I see, they're different things. So, a record twenty first Grand Slam victory by adding his to his nine Australian Open titles. By this guy is, as they're saying, the world's greatest in regard to this situation. And this is what they're doing to him. They've locked up in a cell right now. Excuse me, a quarantine hotel. But he was exempt. So why is that happening? Now it says Australian Home Affairs Minister Karen, of course, Andrews says on Friday, Djokovic is not being held captive. He is free to leave at any time that he chooses to do so, and border force will actually facilitate that. Okay, wait a minute. So you're telling me that he hasn't been injected, and you guys say that's the worst thing ever. You're quarantined him because of that, and you're going to let him go? I thought he was a risk to everybody. Only reason they're saying that, in my opinion, is because people are going, why are you holding him captive? And they're, he's a very famous person. If you were in Australia and flew back in, there would be nothing you could do. You're forced in there and they're going to arrest you if you try to leave. Isn't that funny how it's different when you're famous? Or how, like, let's say Biden doesn't have to do it because he's the president? Now, it says on Friday, the tennis player thanked his supporters via an Instagram post. He will remain in attention following a court decision to adjourn his appeal to a visa cancellation. The proceedings will resume Monday. If they don't let this guy play the best in the world, you could even argue that there's politics involved in regard to the actual game itself, whether somebody out there might be trying to stop him from playing. Either way, I think this might have changed even since when I saw it earlier, and this is the archive after that, because there was another point in there, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, where they're discussing who gave him that exemption, and they discussed the actual Australian, the, the, the Australian Open. So recognize that they gave him an exemption and then pulled it. Because it says right there, they gave he had an exemption. The only person that could offer him that in regard to this is going to be the Australian Open, whatever, the team around that. So I just want to make a point here. This guy was given an exemption in a face, in a time when everybody else isn't being allowed. And now after that, they then hold him again, despite that. Even though he's got natural immunity. I mean, I think the reality here is that he is being pushed back against because he's trying to show you the reality. Because he's making it clear that this is how they, they, even they know this is valid. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It, it, it is illogical, ludicrous. And this guy has the nerve to call him a threat to public health. As he says here, happy new year, wishing you all health, love, and joy in every moment. And may you feel love and respect towards all beings on this wonderful planet. I love this guy. I've spent fantastic quality time with loved ones over the break challenging what they tell you you're supposed to do and today i'm heading down under with an exemption permission until they put him in in prison right now right now apparently i think it's romanians right he's romanian are just up in arms about this was it romanian i don't want to misquote that i thought that's what it was let me know in the chat if i'm wrong regardless uh he is a national treasure apparently and they are up in arms about what's happening to him 
So I think at the end of the day, they're going to probably buckle because they're cowards. And that's what they do. Even though they're, and if you were just a little small guy with nobody behind you, they wouldn't care at all what you had to say. See how that works? So it's not really about health. And that's why we're seeing stuff like this. As Quebec health minister, Christian Dubé is warning, so threatening that you will, that a third dose will not can be, might be, should be, will be required in order to have a valid vaccine passport. Dang it. Sorry. And they, this is a true North clip. So thank you for them for putting that out there on super you as well. Are we going to have a, a time where the vaccine passport requires a, a fourth dose and a fifth dose and a sixth dose? Well, let's start with the third dose first. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think it's very clear that uh, given what's happening now and uh, will there be another Omicron uh, version, whatever, in uh, April or May? I don't know. But uh, we have put this, uh, this tool in place. It has worked uh, from uh, last fall, from last summer to a couple of weeks ago before we got hit by this tsunami. And we're going to be ready to use this passport over the next uh, year or so. And that's the reason I'm warning people today that the third dose will be adjusted for the, uh, for the passport. See? And uh, we better be ready for that. Yeah. Gee, where'd you hear that before? Right. Isn't it embarrassing when you got the Bidens and the Fauci's of the world pretending like that's not happening right now? When you literally have places already giving and forcing the fourth shot and they're pretending that they're not. They're right now telling, they're, they're, like I said, they're just terrified to lose the people who aren't coming along with that third shot that already got two and are on the path. They're with them so far. They're even, even though they're weirded out, they're still going along with the plan. But when you force the third one, a lot of them are going to say no. And I think they know that. So they're going, no, no, you're still fully vaccinated with two, but we're going to make you get the third. The third needs to be done because of this. And I mean, you're not risk. You're not, you're not safe without it, <laughs> but we're not going to make you do, you know, how does that, that, that's why I think Shepard Smith is people that get upset. By the way, somebody said Serbia. I believe it was Serbia. He's from, if, I don't know if that's correct or not, but somebody in the chat said it was Serbia, not Romania. But they're forcing this guys everywhere. Here's Quebec. A novella say the government are looking to push the measure against unvaccinated a bit further. They now are looking to put the vaccine passport in essential services where they offer delivery. So now you can't even deliver food to your house. Curfews for unvaccinated only as they're forcing the third shot. Now, remember, once they do that, until you get that third shot, you're on. You are now considered unvaccinated. Welcome to the normal. You have to play along forever. And then we have things like this that I just had to finish with today that this, you know, people like Peter Hotez that are just so dishonest in this whole thing. It says, and not only Finland, yet another reason. Oh, here, here's the, what the, what the article says is guess what? Long COVID has become, could become, could all uh, such fa- foundational information could become Finland's largest chronic disease. So something that we haven't defined, something that we're still fleshing out, something that in fact has been shown peer reviewed science to not even be real is something that could maybe become the largest. That's really sound, Peter. Good job. And it says, not only Finland, this hypothetical thing we haven't proven, yet another reason I worry about all this let it rip Omicron talk. Right. I I mean, who's actually out there saying just let it rip? There's some people. Great Barrington Declaration is one of these arguments that we should let it happen. I'm simply arguing that people should have to make a choice of their own. But of course, from his wildly subjective, and clearly that's an intelligence thing, right? When you broad brush a group of people as one thing, super intelligent. In his broad brush argument, everybody's like that that doesn't agree with him because that's smart. But it says, with premature claims about it causing mild illness, especially for children, some attacks tweet for thought. 
the children are at less risk than literally anybody. And everybody's at low risk of this right now, including even with Delta and so on. It's so catastrophic. I can't stand this. But you know the point. Peer-reviewed data from November 8, 2021 on JAMA Network, and it clearly comes to the conclusion, read it for yourself, please, that people who are claiming they have long haul, everyone they test, cannot be verifiably proven to have ever had COVID. The ones that have proven to have COVID have no long-haul problems. The only thing they can prove on that side of it is a loss of taste and smell. So this is the, this is the, this is what's called trusting the science. Now, could it be wrong? Sure. But he does not have anything other than look at this thing that we're claiming is real, even though that science says it's not, and that it could be something in the future. This is the tr- experts we're trusting. That's bad science. That is subjective political arguments. Now, I, I, there's a, a, an argument, a, a point that I haven't gotten into yet that re- addresses him specifically, which I'm not going to try to find right now, but guess what? Guess who's directly involved with some, uh, some can, vaccine manufacturing or a vaccine that they want to push. Guess who's involved? Peter Hotez. Here it is. I'm going to, I'm going to review this later as we go forward, but he's getting into this basically says a bunch of lies throughout here being asked always parent. Let me can look at it right now. Post. What would a post Omicron world look like here? He says, um, arguably what's happening is example, projecting the transmission dynamics of this, basically arguing, um, Annual winter peaks. Basically saying it's going to come back every winter. Of course, that's what they all are hoping for. The argument anyway, because that's like the flu. Just like Fauci said back in the day, that's what happens. We you know, hope we get we get lucky as we'll get. Then he goes on to say that the least plausible, which I don't know why this would be the least plausible, that Omicron being mild, everyone gets infected, herd immunity. That's obviously what the most obvious reality is right now, but that's to him, it's least plausible. But it says, but we've learned how infection alone does not produce durable protection. Seriously? And he points to one study. I mean, it's just it's just so bad how obvious they're selectively pointing at things. This is from September 2020. Seasonal coronavirus protective immunity is short. And guess what he's pointing at? He's not pointing. They're, they're pointing about other things in general. But it says a key un- unresolved question is the current coronavirus pandemic and the duration of acquired immunity. Insights from infections with the four seasonal human coronaviruses so they're literally pointing at the flu, or excuse me, the cold, SARS, and, and, and looking at those ones and going, well, those ones don't have that long or immunity. To and that's supposed to be in, 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 in contravention of things like this. Very same outlet. You unable to find that one in 2021 that says had COVID, you'll probably make for a lifetime. I guess he missed that one. What about the Lancet? It says the same thing. Lasting, durable, robust immunity after infection. That in fact, oh, this is actually uh, in general showing this was a, a more a more important one that shows you that infected had a COVID incident rate of zero per one hundred zero. I mean, I could go on forever. I've shown you this a million times. The natural immunity is the most obvious, and yet this expert is literally arguing to you that we we've just learned how it alone does not produce durable effects. Every single platform says the opposite. You utter fraud. Then it goes on to say, here's another scenario, more of the same. Waves of COVID and variants of concern arise from from unvaccinated people in the Southern Hemisphere. And there's your Africa reference. Because we need to vaccinate the world because those people in Africa are going to get us sick. We told you that would happen the moment this began. You don't argue unvaccinated unless you, you... The argument of pretending we have to reach herd immunity means that the whole world has to be vaccinated. Otherwise, it'll continue. And that never made sense. Basically... 
efforts to vaccinate the world. That's where they want to get at. Oh, and guess what? Here's the point. A Texas team comes up with a COVID vaccine that could be a global game changer. Ah, and we have a profit motive. Look at that. Wearing your mask in these pictures like a bunch of morons. Because, that's, because it's about narrative and, and perception, not about reality. And that's why they're trying to sell you on the idea of long haul. That was the point of this one. Long haul, we should all be scared of something that the science is showing isn't really happening. Well, maybe that's this is what's actually happening. What is COVID anxiety syndrome? Well, I think it's self-explanatory. People who are overly hyped up by, by fear-mongering doomsayers like people like Peter Hotez are afraid. And rightly so, because they believe the world's ending. They believe this is the biggest thing they've ever seen. And it's not true. They're scared. And fear circumvents logic. And they know that. So people, what they're literally calling COVID anxiety syndrome could be the people that have long haul. At least that's actually what this study suggests. But, you know, who cares? Finally, just a little wrap up here to discuss the future. Can't wait for when cell phones are implanted into our bodies and how we'll only communicate not with our voices, but via thoughts controlled by AI through the chips and wiring in our brains and pharmacists get to be controlled by AI to manage and provide our medication. Yes, that's obviously hypothetical, but it's amazing that people would hear that and go, that's so stupid. Such crazy conspiracy theory. These people are such ridiculous. Right. Because it's so crazy, right? I mean, it just can't even be something that anybody involved with everything happening would have ever said. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. And of course, the last one, he basically just says, we're not going back to normal, right? Regardless of what you little peons might think, we are not going back to normal because the cut is too strong. He's very clear about it, right? The point is that he's discussing something that he is saying is happening now. Now, most of those conversations are before we got here, using it as a lofty futuristic discussion, even though it's literally happening now. And he has said that you're in the fourth industrial revolution now. So when he talks about you combining your biological identity with your technological identity and using nanotechnology and altering human evolution and using implantables and genetic therapy, changing who you are and the core level, let's actually hear for what he's literally saying. Exactly what he's saying. It's going to change who you are. And so when we, and this is, and what she says here is backed up by plenty of other research by the World Economic Forum and plenty of others. They're literally telling you that this is your future. Implantables, communications in your body, artificial intelligence, chips, and my smart dust. This is the future. And to go to the tweet that she's referencing, Jean-Baptiste says, 17 tech of the next decade. Artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, blockchain, 3D, 5G, metaverse, Wi-Fi power, robotics, VR, AR, drones, quantum, NFTs, NLPs, cybersecurity, cloud, CRISPR, mobile. Where's it all coming from? The World Economic Forum.
hey, look at that, 2030. Isn't that weird? What a, just a coincidence, of course. get the gist of it i was trying to grab a couple things while i was playing just to, to finish off here one that it seems like orwell just sent me something but i wanted to show you these first before we look at that just making that same point about i had this save from before that i wanted to make this point so come me grab these links real quick i find it really interesting that this has been such a controlled discussion as they pretend like this isn't actually what they were saying before but to finish off here oh actually we'll do that last <laughs> here is okay so here's an interesting point I was able, luckily enough, to actually get an archive to work on a tweet. Here's the World Economic Forum tweet from April 4th, 2017. As it says, Welcome to the 20, to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Now, there, you could argue, yeah, no, I already got it, Orwell. I have it pulled up. I thought you guys saw it. It fl bl blipped in for a minute. But it says exactly what people are arguing is, is part of this, right? Now, you can't prove that's going to be part, you know, th this is their framework, and it's easily, clearly tied in with the Great Reset and everything else. But to argue that this is the plan is how they dismiss it. and go, well, that's just a think tank, and th one thing they discussed, and so on. But you click on the link, and it takes you to this, or actually even this. Now, why would they remove that page? Like, really ask yourself that. Why would they remove that page? Because there's a lot of talk about it, and people don't have the tweet, so they go to it, and, and look at what it actually even says. In, in they actually even changed the URL. I can't really remember what this is. That's what it says. Look at that. That's crazy. Because the link doesn't do that. If you hit the link, it'll open going to the... the oops, I didn't have the right spot. Oh, well. Well, I, I, the point is it'll go to... You'll see the link start and it'll go the wrong place. 
Now, what's more important than just the fact that they censored this is even this is what I keep trying to show you guys. Even their way back machine versions have been removed. Think about that. This is on the way. This is on the way back machine. And most of these, I only found one that wasn't. Most of the archives were gone. How is that even possible? Because there's people that are selectively going through and trying to remove this stuff. So here we go right here. The tweet that was gone too. Where was it? Dang it. I don't want you to see that yet. This was, this is the end. <laughs> Wrong one. Okay. Is the point of the fact that this is where they're driving. The 2030. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing and have no privacy and life has never been better. This is where they're creating the world they're trying to create and everything ties together with 2030. Everything. The fact that they're the passports, the, the vaccine passports, the agenda 2030, the, the, I mean, the, the blockchain uh, ID 2020 stuff. I mean, all of this stuff converges around the same time frame. In fact, on top of that, the converging document, uh, technologies document that puts them on track right this moment to be altering human evolution in the 20 year period they said they would. Right. And then he point out again that they just don't want you to see this stuff now. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's weird. Oh, I thought I was on the wrong page. Oh, that, that's weird. And it just took you to the homepage? <laughs> That's crazy. Let me go back. Maybe I hit a button. In any case, yeah, it looks like I hit a button. In any case, they remove the archive and the page itself. I think there's an obvious reality that they don't want you seeing. Anyway, sorry that took too long. I just want to make that clear coming off that last point that there's more connected here than they realize. And as they talk about Build Back Better and Great Reset under a guise of climate change, COVID, whatever they want you to think, all of it being justified under the thing that they tell you is happening right now. As that narrative falls apart, don't let them jump to the next stone without establishing that we're even standing on one now. Because this is where we're headed, right? I just love this picture. If quote, build back better was a picture. <laughs> I wish I could show you guys this in the podcast. Just imagine the worst bricklaying you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I mean, it's just so bad and it makes me laugh. But this is what I think is happening. Happens to the best of us. I don't know. I don't know what we're referring to there. But to finish off with something that hopefully makes you laugh. The sad reality is that a lot of people are being fooled right now. And I hope people who are been tricked into two are finally waking up to the third and fourth and fifth because that's where this is going. But here, let's get this open. Open this up real quick. Hold on. Oh, wait, not that. How do you see the whole thing without... That's strange. Well, it says at the very top, for the vaccinated, oh, I guess it does, I guess you do see it all. It looks like it's cut off. For the vaccinated, you can't fool a dog three times. What is the limit in humans? I find this to be hilarious. Now, it's just more of a facetious kind of humorous point to finish on. But just ask yourself, how many times will you be given something that does not result in the way you think it should, or they told you it should, or they promised you it would, and then continue to take the next version of it? Yeah, even the dog is like, I'm not buying this anymore. The third one wasn't there. You're faking me out here. And he's done, right? Be smart. Be as smart as that dog. <laughs> be smarter than that dog, right? Choose to, to see the information that has never been more clear right in front of you. 
It's a choice, guys. It really is a choice. It's a choice to, to acknowledge that you have been deceived. And we have all been deceived, right? All of us come through this moment where we have to recognize. And you know what? Maybe some of you thought you had broken through that and you got pulled back in. And that's not, it's okay. We all can be fooled. I've been fooled plenty of times. It's just about how you continue forward. And it's, you know, the integrity, the, the, the choice to realize that, yeah, you know, we were fooled, but it's more, it's more important in every way to be honest going forward instead of just dig in with your lie, double down on it and force people who aren't doing what you do or what you've done and that you know is wrong to do it too. So you feel better about your bad choice. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for everybody else around you. And also those of you out there listening that think you're the minority, recognize you're not the minority. You are the majority. Everybody out there that is pushing back on this, even like that doctor and the people on the mainstream media even today, people are seeing through it. You're not alone. There's plenty of people out there that I know are watching this religiously, and I I hope you continue to do so and you continue to spread this because there are people right next to you that probably think the same and just need that last little kick to make them see that they're not alone. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. I see all the people led into deception by the very men bound to care. Blinded by the promises, unknowingly sold despair to leave your herd of sheep and follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends. The world that you knew has changed around you, it's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man As it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If 
you cannot see Pull aside the curtain and see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive to its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see you Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man they become destructive To their own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are they ready for Are they ready for 